Hello, my friends. Welcome to our first ever YouTube Q&A. I'm Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium and energy healer, and I'm very excited. I have a whole bunch of questions I'm going to be answering today. So this video is going to be around an hour, and I have questions that people have submitted to me through Instagram and in my email and through the podcast. So if you've never seen me before, I have a podcast, a weekly podcast, Angel Face Magic Hour. And I, if I can find figure out the technology, I will also be uploading these videos on the audio RSS feed of that podcast. So perhaps you're listening to this there. But if you didn't know, I have a podcast. And so I had people submit questions through different platforms for me. I am, again, I am a medium and an energy healer. So these questions today are largely centered around spirituality and spiritual practice. So I'm very excited. I've been collecting these questions for months. <laughs> and it's been my intention to do this on YouTube for over a year. And so we're trying it. I'm definitely not a super fancy videographer. I'm not the best audio quality in the world, but I am here coming with guidance. So basically what I do is I'm going to answer the questions from the perspective of a psychic medium. So information that I can personally um, share with you that I have experienced in my practice, as well as opening up to spiritual channel and answering the questions that way. So if I don't know the answer, we can kind of look intuitively to find some guidance. So these questions are all submitted. They're, well, I can see who submitted, but they will remain anonymous. So if you have any questions that you want to ask me, you can put them in the comments. And my intention for this year is to do this once a month and have a monthly episode slash video that I can answer your questions in long form if you didn't know, you can book me through my website for one-on-one -on -one readings. So this isn't necessarily like, will this happen for me? Or what should I look for in my career? We're not, we're not doing a reading for you, but this is general questions centered around spirituality that can be helpful for a larger amount of people. So this might be based on a personal question you have, but it, we're not necessarily doing readings. But um, I'm sure if you watch this video, you'll kind of get an idea of some of the questions that people are asking. So my expertise, if you've never seen me before, is Reiki. So I am a Reiki master. Basically what that means is I teach Reiki. I have the ability to show other people um, energy through Reiki and be able to show them like intuitive information and be able to bring that information forward. And I'm also a medium. So I connect with spirits through the psychic senses. So sometimes that is loved ones. Sometimes that is spirit guides and angels. So we go all over the place. So I have some, I have a variety of questions. We'll see, we'll be here about an hour and we'll see how many questions I can get to. Um, and then again, if you have questions for me to answer, please put them in the comments and next month I will do my best to answer all of those questions. If I, um, if I miss a question and you 
want me to answer it, just submit it again. So um, I do my best to see all my Instagram DMs, but it's super easy for things to get lost, unfortunately. So if you really, really want me to get to your question for next month, either put it in the comments here, like I said, or email me and I'll put my email in the comments. Um, and it's also linked on the YouTube page. So that's about it. We're going to get into the process. I'm excited. Before we start, let's just take a deep breath. So bring your hands to your heart. Take a deep breath with me in through your nose. Out through your mouth. And we just invite in our angels, our spirit guides, loved ones to assist us today with this work. So bring forward any spirits that can assist me that are connected to the people asking these questions, as well as my spirit guides to translate that information for me and allow me to bring it forward. So the way I work is primarily um, clear audience. So that means I hear things. I also receive downloads that is like psychic knowing, clear cognizance. And then I also receive vision, so clairvoyance. So at some points during this video, I'm, I may close my eyes. I may look off the camera. I may, um, my voice may change a little bit. Um, so that's just the process, how it works. But before we get into it, I want to just pull a card for us. So these are um, one of my favorite decks. They're called the Angels and Gemstones. I know it's probably backwards on this camera. I'm not sure if the um, live video is reversed. So if you can't see that, I apologize. Um, but it's called the Angels and Gemstone Guardian Cards by Margaret Ann Lembo. I'll link that in the show notes as well and as in the comments on YouTube. And I love this deck. It gives you a crystal with just some questions to reflect upon for yourself. And what I like to do with those is I like to journal on them, like get my journal out, write stuff down, think about like, what, to, how does that connect to me? How does that reflect to me? The crystals, of course, you can work with them if you just happen to have that crystal or you are already a collector of crystals. Maybe that's something that you want to purchase, but you don't need to purchase anything to work with crystals the magic of energy is that it exists within all things. So even just having a photograph of that crystal, put it in your pocket, or even put it on your phone background, that can allow you to connect with the energy of that crystal. So don't feel like you have to buy new things if I pull a card and you've never heard of this crystal before. But I also like to do um, encourage people to do a little Googling, like, metaphysical meanings of the crystal, etc. But first, before you do that, tune in with yourself. Like, what does this come up for you? If you get in amethyst, what does that um, like remind you of the color purple? What is the color purple remind you of? Um, even like, is that connected to someone's birthday? Is that connected to um, like a time in your life, like maybe you used to wear an amethyst necklace at one point, or maybe you've never, never worked with amethyst before. So that brings up like the energy of like new beginnings and trying new things. So for you, what does the crystal connect with? And then it gives us, yeah, some questions to reflect upon. 
and the back gives us some affirmations. I love affirmations, y'all. So we'll read that together. And the affirmations are connected to an angel. So these are kind of like a triple whammy. You get uh, several messages in one card. So what I'm going to do is, I don't know if you'll be able to see it on camera, but you'll hear it in my audio. And I'm going to shuffle the deck and just ask to bring forward the card for this group, whoever watches this now, later, years from now. What would be, as well as myself, what would be the best card for us to connect with today? Okay, there we go. One just fell right out. So we have Carnelian. This is actually one of my favorite stones. And again, they're backwards, I know. Um, I could, I'll post this on the um, YouTube feed too. So if people want to work the affirmation or look at the questions more uh, closely, you can see that on there. And I'll post it on Instagram too. So Carnelian. Carnelian is one of my favorite stones. And it's one of the stones that for me personally, I connected with um, like it was one of the first stones that called out to me to connect with it. So I love that we pulled this today. And this stone is often thought about as a crystal to connect you with your sacral chakra, chakra, um, which is like right underneath your belly button into your womb space, the lower part of your torso um, and through your back as well. So your lower back and um that is connected with our creative energy, our sensual energy, our sexual energy. So to connect with Carnelian, it can help us reawaken our creativity as well as um, like reconnect with our body if we have any feelings of disconnection within our like sexual centers, which a lot of people do. Or some people might have like an overactive energy in there where they feel like um, they act from their sexual urges in a way that doesn't feel healthy for them. So it can help you balance things out. Um, and it's also like connecting with sensuality, which doesn't have anything to do with sexuality. It doesn't um, necessarily have anything to do with sexuality. It's that slowness. It's that pleasure. When we hear pleasure, like usually we think sex. Pleasure doesn't necessarily have to be that. It can be something like oh, I'm sitting in the shower and feeling the shower against my skin on my back, or I'm putting lotion on my body, or even like um, drinking like cold water, like what feels good to you. And um, you can also recreate those feelings for yourself. Um, I think one of the best ways to do that is, yeah, through massage, like massaging yourself slowly, gently, like feeling into your muscles, feeling into your body with, and that's good for your skin, of course, too. But just taking the moment to slow that down. Um, in Ayurvedic practice, I believe that is called Abhyanga. Um, so it is a practice that people do oiling the body. It's very healthy for you internally, externally, as well as emotionally. So if you're wanting to kind of reignite some of those um, connection feelings to your body that might be helpful, but also dance, embodied movement. You don't have to be a dancer. That's one of my favorite ways to connect with that energy. 
as well as creativity actually making something. So that could be painting, drawing, like these typical things we think of when we say, oh, creativity, art, but it also could be going into nature and like playing with the sand on the beach and like making a sandcastle, or it could be singing um, music in the kitchen with your friends and like making a little silly song together. It could be cooking. Um, there's so many ways to get in touch with that, but finding a way that it's a little uncomfortable for you. Like if you're the person who doesn't ever paint, you should just try it. You don't have to be like good at something to enjoy it. So the card, this is questions for us. Carnelian, are you involved in a creative project or thinking about starting one? You are fertile with good ideas and the ability to conceive something magnificent. Have the courage to take action to make your dreams come true. Allow yourself the time to create. So yeah, that can be like literally creating life, life, like having a baby, but that could also be like creating a painting, a drawing, a song, an outfit, a conversation, um, a new business. Like what is the endeavors that your body is looking to seek to take some of that energy that's in your brain and bring it into the sacral, into the lower body, so you can take the ideas and allow them to become a reality. So have fun. I definitely feel very connected to this stone, and I'm an, a visual artist. I made that. Um, so it's been something where, you know, that writer's block thing, like sometimes you don't feel like making um, and if you have if you have any kind of practice in any way, whether that's yoga or painting or guitar or whatever, it can be really easy to be like, oh, I made this thing one time and that was fucking badass and I loved it. And how am I going to like keep up with that, especially with the days and the age of social media? It's like making something to take a post of it. Um, so just reminding yourself like, what do you actually enjoy about the creative process? Um, if you are a super like left brain person who doesn't feel like you're creative, I think something that could be really fun is looking up here on YouTube. You could just after this video, search some stuff, but search up like junk journals or sketch journals or um, bullet journals, see how people kind of create these journals, collages, and allow them to take imagery that already exists and make something out of it and like really have a fun process with it where you're not worrying too much about the outcome. It's more about the experience. And I think it's really helpful for people who are super linear, like I have to be perfect to make something messy. So if you've never heard what a junk journal is, it's basically like a sketchbook that people make collages and like a scrapbook meets a sketchbook. So look up some of those videos, check it out. And then this is our affirmation. So with affirmations, you can use them like saying them out loud in the mirror, saying them out loud to yourself. I love to, again, like put things on my phone background or my computer background because I see that all the goddamn time. I'm picking up my phone every five seconds, you know? And you're reminded again of your affirmation. You're reminded again of your affirmation. I have one on my phone right now. It is, I made this on Canva. <laughs> um, 
it's backwards, but it says, it is safe for me to expand my psychic abilities. I am open and ready to receive. And so you could use an, an affirmation like this, put on your phone background or write it down somewhere, or even in your new junk journal process that you're doing, make a little drawing of what the words feel to you. But we're going to say it together so you can repeat after me. Place your hands on your sacral, so right underneath your belly button, like kind of where your hip creases are, if you're sitting. And we'll say this here together. I am fertile in my body. My mind and spirit. Creativity flows through me in many ways. I am brave and I bring my ideas into actuality. My imagination is the key to my success. I envision my future and joyfully participate as it unfolds. And this is the angel of creativity. So I will post a photo of that if anyone wants to use that, connect with it. So that's our card. That's our moment right now. So let me know how that feels for you, if that makes sense. What are your creative projects? Tag me, show me. I want to see. Like, I actually do want to see. Like, I don't, I'm not just, <laughs> not just saying that. Um, I love, I love to see how other people shine their light and their magic. So let me know. All right. So we're going to begin our questions. So oh, I'm not sure if we're going to get to all of them today, but if we haven't um, gotten to them yet, we will get to them next month. And yeah, let's get started. So I'm going to start easy and get weird. Okay. <laughs> so our first question, how many times a week should I meditate? How many times a week should I meditate? So the, the simple and the easy answer is it's up to you, but I know that's not the answer that you're seeking. So I'll just give you my opinion. I think quantity over quality is better, but I also think quantity is important when building a practice and getting used to the experience of meditation. Because if we've never meditated before or we're an overthinker or we're, we're human, everyone's got a lot of thoughts, it can be difficult to just sit down and like be present. So I would say when starting a practice to find 
like five minutes, less, literally two minutes, one minute. Five minutes would be better than one minute, okay? But if you could do a few minutes, start with five each day, close your eyes, put on either some meditation music. I have a whole, maybe I'll link it. I have a Spotify playlist that's like 36 hours of sound healing music. So maybe you'll find something you like there or here on YouTube, there's a million sound healing videos Um, or even your favorite song. Like it doesn't have to be meditation music. It could be rap music, dance music, whatever, folk music. Like it doesn't have to necessarily fit into what your mold of meditation is or like what you perceive your mold of meditation is. Meditation essentially is taking time to be present. So a meditation could come in the form of creativity, like we were talking about earlier, painting or drawing or um, in the shower, you could be doing a meditation or putting that oil on your body or going on a walk outside, Um, but it's being present. So if you're going on a walk outside, don't be thinking about a thousand other things. Um, Be thinking about how your body feels. Be focusing on your breath. I think good place to start also is a some kind of breathing practice, breathing exercises. If we are having a difficult time concentrating, a breath practice is going to be a great place for us to drop in because we're focusing on what our body is doing and we're not as much focusing on what our brain is doing. And that can allow us to kind of drop a little bit deeper. So even as simple as putting a timer on your phone for five minutes and just breathing deeply with your hands and your heart and listening to that favorite song. So I would say start simple, see if you can do it every day, but don't put pressure on yourself. So maybe start with three days a week, five days a week, and then see if you can build it into your life. Once it becomes something that you can see the benefits of, you'll start to enjoy doing it and you'll start to crave doing it and want doing it. Like I love my meditation time. It's like my favorite time of the day. Well, my favorite time of the day is actually my daily walk, but my second favorite time of the day is my meditation time. And meditation can be active. Like you can be um, trying to do something in your meditation, like a visualization or receive intuitive information. But if you're just starting a practice, I think what you want to focus on is the idea of mindfulness meditation, where we're just observing our thoughts and letting them flow, observing our thoughts and letting them flow. Um, And I also sometimes tell this to some of my students, and I don't want to say this to confuse you or anyone, but um, sometimes the random thoughts that come in could also be intuitive information. So if you're like, why am I thinking of my Uncle Joe right now? Like, there could be some message in there for you. So sometimes when we think our thoughts are chaotic, we might also be receiving like intuitive hits at the same time as our own thoughts. And those can come within, how do I explain this? Those can come in your own voice where it feels like it appears as a thought, but it's actually a message. So that's just something to think about, but pull that back because that's way too much. I would say 
five minutes a day, three times a week to start. I'll try to keep it simple for you, but that's just some information. So I hope that is um, helpful. And you can also do guided meditations. I have a bunch on here and you could also find ones that are like five minutes or simple, really, really simple ones. There's tons of apps out there. So I would either say dive into some kind of breathing practice or dive into some kind of guided meditation. If you're having a lot of trouble actually like committing to doing it, it can be that accountability of like someone to taking you through the process that allows you to like stay in the moment and actually like receive the benefits instead of just um, feeling bad that you weren't able to concentrate. So I hope that's helpful. I dance again is a really good thing to do as well. That could be a meditation, yoga, like movement. It doesn't have to be sitting still. Um, but if you're seeking that kind of meditation, I would suggest starting with a guided practice or breath work. So we said the same thing a couple of times, but hopefully you can understand what I mean. So that was our first question. I'm just going to mark it off so I know which one we answered this month. So let's see, what do we want to say next? Okay, so our next question, what is, where'd it go? Okay, so what is the difference between a tarot and an oracle deck? What is the difference between a tarot and an oracle deck? So tarot, um, and I'm not a tarot reader, like I will read it for myself, but I don't, definitely not an expert. So I'm sure someone could answer this in a way more evolved way. But essentially, tarot is a like a systemized way of reading cards. So there's cards that have, um, there, I think there's 78 cards and they have traditional like assigned meanings. So they connect with different archetypes that we can like um, use to understand our life better or use to um, read intuitive information and get further insight on what's going on in the current reality or the past, um, as well as future. So it's a divination tool, same as Oracle cards, but it's like a system. So there are like, um, major and minor arcana is what they're called. So you, if you've played cards, like decks of cards, um, the major arcana are kind of like the court cards, like a king, queen, jester, Jester, King, Queen, Joker. I don't remember what he's called, but um, I think it's Jester. But um, they're like the more important cards. And if you're listening to this on audio, I'm doing a quote, quote unquote, more important cards. <laughs> um, and the minor are like the way to reflect back to you different um, aspects of yourself. So there's four different like suits of them. So there's wands, there's cups, there's pentacles and stars. What is the last one? I'm going to look it up because again, I'm not tarot. 
expert, but I just want to make sure to give you guys the right information. But there's like four different ways that cards can show up and there's different numbers associated with them. And those usually will like reflect back to us like different aspects of ourselves. So emotional, mental, spiritual, physical. Um, but let me just make sure. I want to give you guys the right information. I'm looking up on my phone right now. Because I believe, let's see. So we have cups, wands. So the wands sometimes will look like sticks or sometimes they will look like, like a baton or a club, um, depending on the deck you're looking at. Traditional deck, the Rider weight deck is probably the deck that most people are familiar with. Um, and that has four suits in the minor arcana, which are wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. So swords. I don't know why I thought it was stars. So, um, yeah, so those mean different things. And so basically it's like a language that you can learn. So tarot has specific meanings assigned to the cards. Some people will work with it intuitively or use their understanding of the cards and being able to essentially speak that language as well as use their intuitive gifts on top of it to like, um, seek further information in there, but anyone could learn to read tarot. It's just like kind of like a math type of thing. Like you're memorizing things. And then as you go through utilizing the tarot cards over and over again, you'll start to see how those things show up for you in your own life. Like maybe the page of wands has a specific meaning in the book or on the internet or whatever. It's like, the assigned meaning to it. But then when you see that card coming up for you again and again, you'll start to see how that shows up for you. Maybe it's slightly different or maybe it's a reflection on the original meaning. So it's something that anyone can learn. There's 78 cards and the Rider Way is like the most well-known tarot deck. And a lot of tarot decks are based upon that imagery. So there's so many different artists who have tarot decks, um, but it's all based upon that original understanding and meaning of the cards. Um, from my understanding, it was kind of like a parlor game. And then it evolved into like a, more of a divinor, divinatory practice with those original cards. But people have been using cards for a very long time to receive psychic information and to divine, to communicate with the spiritual realms and the spirit world. So that's a little bit about tarot. Um, there also is alternatively the Thoth deck, the Thoth deck. I never know how to pronounce that. So um, let me know you guys. Um, and that's a slightly different system. Um, and that is based upon more like Western Hermeticism um, connected to Aleister Crowley. And that deck, it, um, the I forget the artist, but it was the, he commissioned an artist to make this beautiful artwork. 
And so they're very similar, but they're slightly different um, alterations <laughs> between the original Rider Waite and that card deck. So um, um, from what I've heard from other people, and I don't know if this is anyone else, if this is people's experience, um, but from what I've heard from other people, it's Rider Waite would be a slightly easier deck to learn than the Toth deck. Um, I've read that places. I've heard that from other readers, but I don't know how true that is. So it's really what resonates with you. Um, with the Toth deck, there is a little bit of, um, elements of like Kabbalah in there, which it's like a whole nother system. So sometimes that can be a little bit confusing if you're just trying to learn one system and then you got to learn another system. So it's a lot of information. So maybe, um, if you're a beginner looking at the Rider Waite deck or just picking a deck that speaks to you and getting a book with meanings that resonates with you because there's so many different people who say different things. Um, but you can definitely research like the original meanings of the cards. It, that information is out there and available. Um, and there's so many different sites that help people like break down and learn the means of the cards. I'm sure even here on YouTube, there's videos of people breaking down each card. Um, but the difference between that and an Oracle deck is an Oracle deck doesn't have that assigned system to it. It is its own independent experience. So each Oracle deck has different components to it. So the one I used for you earlier there is a crystal connected to it. There's questions connected to it. There's affirmations connected to it. Um, it's really up to like the artist and the creator of it. But essentially it is a deck of cards that you can use to communicate with the spirit realm, with your higher self, your intuition. So each deck is going to be different and not every deck, but a lot of decks will have like a little booklet in there that will give you like a little more about each card. So as you're playing with them, you can read that information. And then essentially what you're aiming to do is create a relationship with that deck. So that again, you know, when you pull this card, um, it means this for you, or you can receive more intuitive information. It can be kind of like a stepping stone for you. So some Oracle decks that I really like are very simple where it's just one word or it's just a phrase and then you can really see how that applies to you. Like if the word is trust, like what is coming through? What is the first thing you think of when you hear trust? That's some good stuff for you. Um, with the tarot deck, there is images and all those images have like um, archetypal associations with them, symbolism already embedded into it. Like this line means this, like this means that. With the Oracle deck, it's like you're using your own intuitive insight to be able to see what those cards mean to you, what you feel. Like if you're seeing a card and it has a star on it, what does a star feel like it means to you? Um, what does a snake mean to you? What does um, red mean to you? Like being able to see and develop your own language with the cards. So typically Oracle decks will have some kind of booklet with them, but again, they don't have like a rules to follow or anything 
that is necessarily a systemized way to read them. Um, if you read tarot, there are also like spreads is what they're often referred to, that you will pull cards in a certain order and certain numbers of cards. And that all means different things. So you're like, oh, I'm trying to look at the past, the present, and the future right now. Let me pull through cards. If I'm trying to look at um, like my whole year, you could pull cards like in a certain way. So there's different spreads that you can use to receive different information, like um, to go deeper into the reading. Like you, it doesn't have to be you just pull one card and that's your reading. You can really get in depth and like basically you're creating like a story within those cards for you to decipher and receive meaning from. But if you have read tarot, you can understand those spreads and apply that to Oracle cards. So you can pull three cards, pull six cards, and you kind of have what you believe each card is in reference to. So that is one way you can do it, but you can also ask specific questions like, um, what do I need to know today is a very simple one and just pull a card, but you can also get pretty specific and see what comes up um, and be able to glean information from that. And that is the reading part. That is the intuitive part of being able to say, okay, I have this here, but what the heck is that about? And we can use these systems that are already in place to do that, or we can use our own intuitive um, trust and ability within ourselves to do that. So there is no right or wrong way, but that's kind of like the difference is tarot is a system and oracle decks are not. <laughs> so I hope that answers people's question. Um, let's see. So we have about 20 minutes left. I feel like I could probably answer two more questions and we will do our best to do so. And then again, we will be back next month with more questions. So what should we... There's a lot of good ones, y'all. Um, this is a simple one, S sort of. <laughs> Can everyone astral project? Yes, for sure. Um, sometimes we're doing it unconsciously, though. So everyone can do it, but to do it safely, you need a little practice. Um, and you need a little bit of... I guess like energetic understanding of what you're doing. Um, I don't think it's like you're going to die if you're astral projecting, <laughs> but um, having like a little bit of understanding of how to come in and out of your body safely and um, to be able to be grounded within your body and also be like out into astral spaces and receive information and bring that information back that is definitely a thing that you would need training and practice with to be able to go and come back with stuff. But I kind of think we all astral project within our dream space. That's my personal belief. Um, that's kind of what I am shown. Sometimes I think our dreams are more of a subconscious brain patterning thing where we're working out drama and trauma within our mind. But I think there are certain dreams where we're we're going somewhere else. 
or going into an alternate reality or maybe a parallel life experience um, and then coming back and waking up and being here on earth. So um, I think we are, we are already doing it, but to do it consciously like a shamanic journey or something is a whole different practice um, where you're not like gone. You're here and you're there. It's like um, walking in two worlds. So I think anyone can do that, but I don't think it's like a, you can just try it and you're good at it right away um, unless you're like just genetically connected in that way. Um, but so what is astral projection? Let's just kind of like outline that if people are not sure. Um, essentially, when we are astral projecting, we are floating out of our body, our energy comes out of our body, our consciousness is able to leave our body, but our body is still present here on earth. Um, some spiritualists will describe like a, essentially like a little umbilical cord between the spirit body and the human body. So it's kind of like we are attached like with a little bit of a tether. So you can think of it as like a little umbilical cord, like a tube of light that connects you within your energetic body and your physical body. So we're, we're like bungee, bungee jumping out of our body, kind of like we're connected with a cord. So we're not just, whoa, floating around in space. Um, if you've ever seen like those images of an astronaut in space, like they have that tube, you can think of it like that, like they're floating, but they're also connected. Um, and so when we go, we are sometimes when we leave our body, it is from trauma or pain or fear or um, drugs, drinking, whatever. So that's not like a positive way to leave your body. Um, and then a lot of times people will just be floating around outside of their body all the time because they're not grounded. They're not in their body fully. Um, so some, that's different from astral projection. That's like disassociation or like, it doesn't necessarily have to be that extreme, but like ungroundedness. Um, so it's a scale. It's not like if you're ungrounded and airy, you're, you're, you're having a disassociation moment, but it can be, it's a scale. It can be a little bit up to like a detrimental mental experience, um, so if we're outside of our body that way, that's not what we're aiming for. That's like, that's a whole different way of floating outside of our body. What we're doing here is we're doing it in a conscious way in order to um, receive intuitive information. So this is like how a shaman would work. Shamans do that. They leave their body and they're walking in both worlds. They're able to go to the lower world, the upper world, all different planes of experience. And they explain that from culture to culture in different ways. So I'm not going to obviously speak for a practice that I don't know enough about, but generally that is kind of how it works. But you could also um, say that practitioners that work in the Akashic records, that's kind of what they're doing as well. Like we're going up into an energetic space within the ethers to receive information. We also work kind of that way in Holy Fire Reiki, where we're going up 
into the heavens is how we describe it in that practice. And we're able to do stuff and connect up there. Um, and so it really depends on your belief system, like as far as parallel realities and past lives and all that kind of stuff. But within astral projection, that's kind of like what one of the things that we can be able to do is move through time. So we could go and look at a moment in time. We're not in the time we're observing, like it's kind of like a loop, like a, a recording, essentially. It's kind of like that, like we're watching it. Um, but we could also astral project like into um, like um, water, like the ocean or something like that. Like it could be into elements. Um, and essentially what we're doing is we're going up there to glean information and bring it back. Um, and that information can sometimes come through as like literal stuff. Like I have a story to tell. I saw this and I saw that, but it's also energetic. So we're bringing it back with us into our body. So we're receiving a gift from the spiritual realms. So when we go on to a shamanic journey, we're, we're going into our subconscious mind and beyond that, we are also literally in a different time and place. Um, it really depends on how you want to look at it. But both are true. <laughs> um, and so I think everyone can do it. I think it's just something that you want to research and practice. And I think doing it in a way, like I do um, journey meditation classes where I take people into that experience and doing something like that could be really awesome because it is like a guided meditation. Um, so you can do this with visualization. Um, so people are probably already doing it through guided meditation and visualizing. They're probably, probably already astral projecting. So everyone can do it. Um, everyone just probably does it differently. And your awareness of how it works is not always the most important part. It's more about how it feels um, and how you feel when you are back in your body. Like, do you feel more refreshed? Do you feel relaxed? Do you feel enlightened? Do you feel um, like you got the information you were looking for? Oh, sorry. I'm clicking my pen. That's probably annoying to you guys. Um <laughs> Um, or do you feel frazzled and like all over the place? So is it beneficial for everyone? I'm not sure, but I think we're already are, we all already are, we all already are doing it in our dream space. So I hope that answers your question. I know it's kind of hard sometimes to talk about because it is so like ethereal and imaginative and like beyond our current understanding of reality that can get confusing or like we're like I just don't believe that um so I challenge you to listen to a guided meditation or something where it can um allow you to do that in a safe place um or to do it within like a class or with a 
um, an intuitive or a shaman and really like see what that experience is like. But also if you're doing it on your own, I really encourage you to um, journal about your experiences because it's really easy to like forget. Like, I think this will be fun. I'm just going to do something. So I have this journal. This is like from my personal journey work that I do. So I'm just going to pull up like a page and just see um, like my notes from after a journey, just so you guys can see like how weird it, it gets. Um, okay. I'm just trying to find like a good, good something. So this was a shamanic journey I did to meet my ancestors, connect with my ancestors, my honorable ancestors within the lower world. So in another video, we can get way more into lower and upper world if that is interesting to you guys. Um, so this was some notes that I wrote after I went. So I said, ancestors at the sacred fire in the lower world. The tree, so the way that I did this was through a class that I took with Miss Daly Little. She's been on the podcast. She teaches classes around this, and I would very much recommend her her work and connecting with her if, if you're interested in learning more about, like, how to do a journey. Um, so one of the practices she has us do is, like, visualizing yourself going into a tree and then going through the roots and like into the earth and into the center of the earth. And that's how we can enter that astral space as we go through a tree. So that is one process that you can use to astral project or to um, enter different spaces. Is you can go through trees, doorways, windows, like you're creating a portal. Um, you're creating a portal, an entryway. Like if you've ever played Mario, I'm not a video game person, but they're giving you this example. So forgive me, I don't know like all the names, but you know, in Mario where they go through like the little tubes, like the so sewer tubes, they're showing me that image. Like perhaps you can, um, and when I say they, if you guys have never watched my video, I'm referring to my spirit guides because they give me information. It's just, I don't know, easier than explaining it every time. Um, what I'm referring to, but they're showing me those tubes. So perhaps for someone that could be a fun way to play around with astral projecting is going through little tubes. Um, so anyway, she has this go through a tree. So I say the tree was pulled back by cats and sorry, it's really hard to read this, but I think it will be interesting anyway. Um, the tree was pulled back by cats and I was put inside. Um, once I got down to the earth, the center, the lower world, I said, I heard from them, my ancestors, she's here, she's here. We've been, um, we've seen you before. It's time. It's time. As if they were very excited, my scorpion was with me. So I did <laughs> So I did a journey, um, part of the class I took with Daly. I took um, her class that was called Journey to the Lower World and learning about this process. 
Um, and one of the journeys we went on was to meet our animal guide, a guide that is there with us to protect us and like show us how to do this work. So having a spirit guide with you can be really helpful when you're first starting this work because it is it is kind of, it's possible to get lost. Not like, oh, I'm gone forever, but you just kind of, it's good to have, it's good to have a bodyguard, if you know what I'm saying. So when I went through that journey, I found out I had two animal guides and one of them was a scorpion and one of them was a frog, <laughs> which is very interesting. And if you know me personally, I've always been a frog person. So I was not surprised by that. Um, and I also have a tattoo of a scorpion, so I have felt connected to scorpions for a long time. I have a whole nother story about scorpions so and spirituality, so I'll have to tell that on another video. Fascinating. But I found out my animal guide was a spirit, or was a scorpion. So I said, my scorpion was with me, saw, saw a scorpion in vision. And I saw the sacred heart image, like from Catholicism, the sacred heart um, with the three swords. And they, I pulled the swords out of the heart. Um, it says, oh, it says one of my ancestors pulled their heart out of their chest. I haven't read this like, so I, in a long time. So this is like, um, interesting for me too, because I don't remember any of this. I remember the sacred heart very, very much, like pulling those swords out. Like I can still see that, but I don't remember this. So it says, one of my ancestors pulled their heart out and put it into my chest. It was a sacred heart. Um, frog was there. Trust, trust. And then I have like a little weird drawing of what I saw. And I said, dark angel creature. Um, and then I saw, now I know what it is, but at the time I did not know what it was. And I just wrote church thingies, but it's, um, actually like a Tibetan meditation, um, object. So that was interesting, but to me, it felt sacred. So I wrote church. Um, then I said, body feelings. So this is what I felt in my body. Emotional, tears, gratitude, pain releasing on my right side, body left back, right skull around a bone around my, oh, right skull around and above my ear. It is, um, it is already done. Told, they told me that I had to do my part, um, nurture and care for my vessel as divine love, as I am a divine object. And then I wrote, Oh, I drew this picture of this staff I had. It was like a big staff and there was a scorpion on the top of it. And it said, I had a scorpion staff um, and it looked, and then I also had a like Triton thing. And I said, I must care for myself better. And then I saw frogs um, prepare as a warrior, more food and water, release toxic behaviors um, nurture as an, um, nurture self as another. Um, so that is like an idea of like some information I received and brought back. 
And reading this, it's like, makes a lot of sense. This was like maybe two years ago now when I did this journey and a lot of this stuff has made, um, integrated and made a lot of sense to me. So just a fun show and tell. <laughs> um, so can everyone ask for project? Yes. Yes, they can. Everyone can do it. You're already doing it. So we have about five minutes. So what is the easiest question I can answer? These all could be like an hour long. Um, so let's answer this one because it's kind of fun. I hope you guys can't hear the street because there's lots of loud cars going by. But um, if you can, just imagine it is rolling waves from the ocean, like flowing over you, okay? So last question we're going to answer for our first Q&A. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, I'm Grace Lannon. I'll be back next month if you have more questions. And if you have any reflections that have come up based upon the answers I have given, whether that's um, qu questions that sparked because of the question that I answered or just thoughts and reflections about your experiences connected to these things, please put them in the comments. And if you want it to be private, email me. Um, I love to hear people's experiences. That's my favorite part of the job. Um, absolute favorite part is seeing how other people connect. And that's why I like to teach this psychic development stuff is seeing how unique we all truly are and how powerful we all truly are. And like the magic and magnetism that happens when we can begin to understand our own um, language with spirit. Like for me, it's a lot of visions and clear um, audience but the visions were not always there. I used to not get any visions and I only get feelings in my body and I would get overwhelming feelings in my body. So everyone has their unique language. I have one client that always sees things in reality. Like they see pictures and images and signs on the street and t-shirts and things at the bookstore, like that all relate to their intuitive um, guidance that's coming through. And then I also know people that come through in song, like they might get songs coming through their mind. And that is the message that happens to me sometimes, but I know someone that that's like the primary way it comes through. So don't be afraid to play around. Don't be afraid to just have fun with it. And that's what spirit likes is the joy that we are receiving from that connection. So that I think is one of the reasons why oftentimes children are more intuitively connected or they might like see spirits or feel spirits um, is because they're so connected to that like fun, joy, freedom. They haven't been bogged down by reality yet. Um, so they're like, they're less veiled with um, like our perceptions of what is possible. So take off those adult glasses, okay? and just like have fun with it.
So our last question, thoughts on walk-ins. So this is a fun question. I'm just going to give you my opinion. <laughs> um, so walk-ins, if you don't know what they're talking about, there is a belief that sometimes um, one soul will leave a body, but that body doesn't die, and another soul comes into that body. A walk-in, like a takeover. Um, some people might think of that from like a scary perspective of like they got hijacked and like a, like a demon came into you and possessed you or something like um, that's not what I'm talking about. And that's not something we need to like be worried about so much. Um, it's possible to get spirit attachments for sure. That's a question that we're going to talk about a little bit more next month. But it's not so much that um, your whole soul leaves your body. No way. No way. Our soul doesn't really leave our body until we die. But I think there are rare instances where this is possible. Like maybe someone got into a very traumatic um, accident and almost did die. Like I, I could see it through a near-death experience. Like someone did literally die maybe for like three seconds. Like I think it's possible that another soul could come in and not because they were like, oh, I'm taking over and you can't come back to earth. Um, I think it's like an agreement that might've happened um, within like source space. Like it's like something that you agree to ahead of time. Like Maybe you had too much pain in your life that like through that accident, like you were done, but like the body wasn't ready to die. And so there's like a great upon ex um, contract kind of, I don't know how else to explain it in like human language. It's, it's not like people are signing documents or anything, but um, <laughs> like a contract that you're like, okay, well, you can leave and go on to your next experience and go back to source and whatever happens, happens up there. And I'm going to come in and I'm going to do your thing and I'm going to utilize your body and like have my life now in your body. Um, and I think it's a mutual thing. Like I'm, you said I could do this and we're doing this for the benefit of both of us. But I think that's, I don't think that's that like happening all the time. So in my experience as a medium, like a reader, an intuitive reader, I've never had a client come in where I've seen that in their energy field. Or I, now that I'm saying this and doing this video, I, I really bet I will, you guys, I really bet I will have a client come in who was a walk-in. So I'll report back, but I've never had that experience. Um, but I've only been doing this like three or four years. So like with clients, um, so it's been longer than that, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, I've only been doing this. It's not like I've been doing this 30 years or anything. So it's not like I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients that I've seen. I've never seen a walk-in. Um, so I haven't personally interacted with an energy like that. But I do believe that it's possible. I've seen people on TikTok who claim to be walk-ins, but I don't get that vibe from them. I get a little bit of 
instability within their energy that I'm not sure if that is like what's actually happening or if that's just their perception of what's happening, like as a coping mechanism. Um, so I've never like come across someone, but when I like tune into the energy, I feel 1000% it's possible and it's happening. And I think it's happening with more what I would describe. You know what, guys, I actually have interacted with someone like this who who explains this, um, but it's in a different way. So I'll get to that sort story briefly in a second. But um, I do 100% believe it's possible. And I think it's more like high vibrational beings that are coming in to like just like hold space for that body and like bring healing and love and joy to the world. I don't think it's like beings coming through that have malicious intentions. It may be, but I, th that's not what I feel from, from the idea of that. But, you know, I did get a reading with this woman who claims, um, and it feels pretty true to me, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing is, it's not like facts. It's, it's intuitive work is not factual. So it's, oh, you can't like pull up their seats. Um, but she had a near death experience. And part of the experience that happened after she died, um, for briefly, like it was a, I think it was a motorcycle accident or a car accident or something where she briefly died. And part of that experience was like leaving her body, like astral projection, like floating up and going up into heaven. So she comes from a religious background. So she was explaining it all in terms of heaven and um, angels and things like that. So she said she went up to heaven and connected with God. And they said, okay, we're not done with you yet. We're not done with you yet. Um, and in order for her to come back into her body, to be able to continue her life, like it was agreed upon that someone was going to come into her body with her. So this wasn't a walking experience where she left. She's still there, but there's an energy in her body as well. And that energy, she says, is an archangel, an angel energy. So um, she calls herself like the demon slayer or something. I got a reading with her because I was like, this sounds insane and totally weird. So I got to know. And she gave me a fucking good ass reading. Everything she said came true. She she told me she told me about my death, which I don't think she should have done that, but it actually did make me feel a lot better. Um, and we'll see if I die that way, but not ethical, and I don't think she should have done that. And um, it actually went over well with my spirit because I used to be so scared of dying, and I feel like I've released some of that fear, whether or not that's an accurate that I will die that way. But it's pleasant to know that that is what she said because that alleviates some worry and fear that I had constantly churning through my spirit. Um, but I don't think readers should ever do that. So it worked out for me, but that was probably a bad idea. Um, but she told me a lot of great information. Um, but she, her experience is that she believes there's like a bunch of different archangels, people that have like an archangel within their soul as well, that helps like balance humanity and do all this stuff. And her, whole thing was that she can see demons and like cast out demons 
Um, and I used to be really, really terrified about demons. Um, just like so scared about that idea. If you've listened to my podcast, you might have remember the episode I talked about, like um, just my fears in childhood and the exorcist and being scared about being possessed and stuff. I was really terrified about demons. So one time I heard that her on a podcast, um, this this reader, and I looked her up and her readings were like $30 or something. She's a nurse, so she doesn't like, it's just a fun thing for her to do. And I guess it's also like her spirit's calling, like she has to do this work. That's what her belief is. Like she's this angel that she's here to help humanity. Um, and so it was like 30 bucks or something, which is crazy cheap. And so I was like, let me just do this. Like, I want to know what this is all about. And it ended up being, a. am probably going to get another reading with her someday. Now that I remembered about this experience, because it was very interesting, but Apparently in her experience, she sees demons. So some of the work she does is like releasing demons from people's bodies and like an exorcism type of thing. But she doesn't charge for that work. And she like, she even connects with like priests and stuff. So she's like legitimized within the paranormal community. But it's just like a way different side of spirituality than what I'm on. Like she was on a podcast that was more like a paranormal type of podcast where they talk about ghosts and um, things like that, like scary kind of side of things. And I'm more on the, like, this is like a metaphysical side of things. Um, but that's kind of what got me into everything was like, I was always very interested in ghosts and like unexplained things and things like that. So I listened to her randomly on a podcast. And at the time I was really scared of demons. So I was like, let me listen to this to try to release some of the fear. And it was a fascinating interview. If I can find it, I'll put, link this interview on that podcast in the comments so you guys can like look up this woman. But um, it was really interesting. And she believes that she's Archangel Ariel um, and that there's other angels throughout the world. And she's like trying to meet them. I think there's like seven or 13. I forgot what she said. But she's written a couple books um, and she also writes like fiction books about like um, God and shit, <laughs> like battling in the heavens and stuff. So definitely a very, very interesting person, like not like, you know, um, just a, a different vibe than what I do. Um so I just like had to know. And so I guess I have interacted with someone that's kind of like a walk-in energy, but not so much the same as what I believe this person was referring to, which typically people see it as more like an extraterrestrial thing of like this interdimensional or extraterrestrial energy like enters into your body and you leave and like they're here living within you um, and you're, you've, you're you've gone on to your own um new experience like you are you're dead but your body's still alive so again i haven't interacted with that but i do believe it's possible um and i don't necessarily think they're negative things um so yeah those are my thoughts those are my thoughts on walk-ins so 
It's one 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 on the clock, so we've been recording for over an hour, and I just wanted to call that out, little angel numbers, because I looked right at the clock at an hour and 11 minutes of recording, so that's always fun, a little reminder from Spirit that they were here to assist us and allow us to receive this information today. So that's about it. Thank you for watching. If you watch this whole video, thank you, thank you. Um, and I'm going to be back next month. This, Like I said, my goal, my intention for this year, 2022, is to do this once a month. So if you've got questions, get at me. And if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, you can go to my website, gracelandon.com. That's me. Thank you so much. So let's just close out with a little closing intention. So giving thanks to all the energies, spirits, messages that came forward for this video today. Any energies that we moved or shifted through this call, through this video, we can be now released, release, release into light or buried into the earth to be transmuted into usable energy. Can't say with me or with you, cleanse and clear and sending all the energies back that came forward today for assistance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And calling all of our energy back into our body. Thank you for watching. And yes, so that's about it. I will see you soon and I'll see you on the podcast and have a wonderful night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye-bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye,